Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, on which I today have Chad, Chad Durfee, who is the CEO of Referral Wave, and we're actually going to talk about referrals and how to make them really work in this episode. But first of all, Chad, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me here with you today. Uh, excited to talk about referrals. So yes, I'm the owner of Referral Wave. We work with high-ticket coaching companies, agencies, really anybody that's in the high-ticket industry on how to systematize referrals in their business. Cool. So um, a lot of marketers are listening to this to this podcast, um, and they are not always on the same page when when we talk about referrals because they might think referrals are the the referrals we see in Google Analytics or whatsoever. So, what what do you understand or what do you define to be a referral? Yeah, when a client refers somebody from their inner circle that's outside of your reach with ads or things of that nature into your company. Cool. Yeah, that's that's clear. So um, to to start with that, what, what are some of the misconceptions that people have when we're talking about referrals? Yeah, so I think probably what I'll do is talk about two or three of the biggest misconceptions in the marketing space and just in the high ticket space in general that are keeping most companies referral poor. And when I mean poor, I'm talking about passing over opportunities repeatedly. So it's more of an acronym poor. Uh, so the first big one that we find all across the board is if clients are happy and satisfied and getting results, that they're just going to naturally refer you. And there's actually no statistical correlation between happy, satisfied clients and referring clients. Uh, it's what we call the modern referral gap. You know, most of most of the very client-centric companies that you know really go out of their way to provide an amazing customer experience just assume that because they're doing that, referrals will flow. And it's typically not the case, right? There's There's got to be a process. There's got to be a system in place to kind of fill that gap because most clients, though they're happy and satisfied, they don't make the conscious connection between, um, you know, the opportunity they have to actually introduce other people to you as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. that's the first big misconception that keeps most companies poor, because when you assume that something's just going to happen, then you don't take any action or intentional action, I should say, to create systems and processes around it. Right. So with with most marketers, they've got a lot of systems and processes in place for their front end advertising. Um, it's going to require the same types of system, systems and processes for the back end advertising. So basically what you're saying is that a lot of customers or a lot of companies are just hoping for, let's say, good clients of theirs to spread the word and to introduce them to to friends and and maybe other businesses and we all know hope is not a strategy so we're going to talk about how to set up a, a working system for that so what are the, what are some of the other misconceptions because i think you were mentioning or earlier that you're going to point out three and i've heard one now yep so this one actually what you just mentioned right there the hope segues into the second big mm-hmm. misconception which is that referrals are inconsistent and unpredictable and that misconception keeps people from being intentional about creating systems and processes around it or focusing on it, right? The referrals are kind of looked at as the icing on the cake, right? Something that's, that you don't have a lot of control over. They just kind of happen when they happen. Mm-hmm. And as we know, when you don't focus on something, then 
you're not able to optimize that thing typically. And so that lack of focus uh, perpetuates the inconsistency and unpredictability, which then kind of creates this downward spiral in most companies where you're hoping, 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 not intentional. <laughs> and so you're never going to get predictability, predictability and consistency because of the lack of process or systems, um, which then creates that misconception that referrals are nice when you get them, but they're not consistent or predictable like maybe something else would be. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the second big misconception there. And then uh, the third one. Yep. So then the third big misconception is that, you know, referrals are free. You know, that, that it's just this, this amazing thing that when it happens, it happens. Um, you know, it's just free business. And that's another big misconception that keeps a lot of companies poor. You know, so they, they actually grossly undervalue what that referral should be. Uh, be financially to their clients. And that also creates a lack of um, consistency, a lack of motivation on the behalf of the clients to um, proactively refer people to you. Uh, And so like any other form of advertising, whether it be paid ads, whether it be SEO, whether it be a billboard (laughs) or a TV commercial, Mm -hmm. you still have to pay to play. The big difference with referrals is you you're guaranteed the business before you have to pay, right? You pay after versus before and hoping that it, that it works out. Nice. That's that's another big one that a lot of companies miss. And because of that miss, once again, they never really pitch a referral program to their clients, or if they do, it's typically not a referral program. That's very motivating for most Mm -hmm. people, right? It's like, eh, am I, am I willing to risk my relationships and social capital for this measly incentive? Probably not. So all of the three misconceptions that you mentioned all basically refer to a process that needs to be in place or a program that needs to be in place. So my next question would be how how would marketers, how would you recommend marketers to, to set up a system that is working? Yeah, good question. So there's there's really three major referral pillars that need to be in place, three fundamentals that need to be working uh, in unison to make this all work. And I'll talk about each one of them briefly and what it mm-hmm. looks like it means and maybe give an example of each. So the three pillars are what I call priming, timing, and reminding. So priming is essentially how do you get your clients excited about and wanting to refer you from the moment that they start working with you? This is probably the most piece of most referral systems. Well, I would say systems, less than 5% of companies actually have a system, but even the ones that talk about referrals or have a referral program, most of them wait too long to introduce it to their clients. And 90% of all referral opportunities are missed in the first two weeks of signing a new client. And so the priming piece is, how do we introduce your referral program to your clients on day one? but do it in a way that feels organic and easy and highly motivating for them. So that's the priming piece. And I'll go into a little bit of each of those here in a second. Timing deals with at what point throughout your customer journey should you actually be setting up and making direct referral requests? And again, how do you do that in a way that doesn't feel icky, right? How do you do it in a way that doesn't do it in a way that doesn't feel forced or pressury or awkward, right? All of us kind of know those awkward yeah. feelings asking for referrals. And what it does is it keeps most people from actually doing it. And the ones that do, they're essentially ambushing their clients with a referral request 
halfway through or toward the end of a program or process um, without having primed them and warmed them up appropriately. So the lack of priming and knowledge of that pillar is what actually creates all those feelings of awkwardness and, and pressure and you know all those gross feelings that are typically associated with asking for referrals. Um, so timing is, is really important. You know, Identifying at what points in the process your clients are sufficiently primed to then make referral requests and have them be prepared to refer you if they haven't already done it on their own accord by that point. Mm-hmm. And then so, reminding, so oh, go ahead. B- before we, we dive into the reminding, um, what would be a, a right timing? Because you, you, you obviously made clear that the priming is important, but once you've done that, um, when would be the right timing to start asking for a referral? Yeah, great question. So there, there are multiple points throughout a customer journey that you should be having referral conversations. But the very first time, uh, it's going to be different for every company, for every business. Uh, but I can give you kind of what that time should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, when we make that first direct referral request, what we're looking for is what we call a euphoric phase or a euphoric zone. This is the point at which your average customer starts to experience results or starts to at least experience the thought, I made the right decision. Uh, I made the right decision to pay and work with this company or coach or provider or whatever the company is. Um so when they're in that euphoric phase where they're just starting to feel that level of this is good, but not so far along that now other things have come up, you know, other problems, right? A good example of this is uh, like a, let's say it's a fitness company because everybody knows fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start a new fitness program, two to three, maybe two to three weeks in, maybe four weeks in max, you're already starting to lose weight as long as you're following the process. Um, maybe two months in, you start to plateau, right? Mm -hmm. You have these little plateaus. So a euphoric zone would be the point at which the client begins to lose weight and say, this is working, but not so far along that they're plateauing. Uh, Marketing companies and companies like us, and it really, any other high ticket business has the same type of zone inside their business typically, where the clients on average will start to feel those, you know, those results or say, Hey, this is great. Mm-hmm. It's working. Uh, or maybe you provide like a marketing kit or you, you do their website you present it to them for the first time or whatever it is, you know, you're, you're launching their first ad. Um, and there's some, a lot of ether and excitement. Those are the points that we look for. Okay, cool. So, um, yep. can, can you give some examples of companies that really have done this and that had some good results with it? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the first ones that I could probably talk about uh, in the ad space would be More Capital with Rudy Moore. Um, so his is one of those companies where, you know, when the client comes in, they, they, we, they're doing a great job priming their clients. And then at a certain point in their process, they deliver uh, a new funnel for every one of their clients. And, you know, their team does all the funnel stuff. They go back and forth. They get this new funnel. They get it shiny and perfect. And then just before launching that funnel and going live with it, but after the client has actually seen and approved it, there's a lot of ether and excitement there. And then that's where they come in and we basically set up a referral request on the back end of a net promoter score, like a modified NPS survey, where we send out a survey to the client saying, hey, what are you still wanting support with? What could we do better? what has been the most valuable part of this process so far um you know on a scale of 1 to 10 how likely would you be to refer somebody else to us based on your experience so far and on a scale of 1 to 10 how happy are you with your overall experience so far and then based on how the customer scores on that survey 
on their upcoming check-in call, we actually make a really strong referral request. Um, so if the client says they're eight, nine, or 10 likely to refer us, then that's an opportunity for us on that upcoming check-in point to ask them to follow through with that. Mm-hmm. Right. And as part of the priming process with that company, we also have the client early on in the process thinking about names. We even have them write down a couple of names that might be good fits at some point in the future, but they're not actually introducing those people. Um, and we actually recall those names at that first referral request. Right. Cool. So it's like, hey, hey, John, I see that you mentioned you were eight out of 10 likely to refer us. That's amazing. We love to hear that from our clients. Um, I also know that on your referral bonus form you did on onboarding, uh, you mentioned John and Sally might be two people who would be interested in this at some point in the future. Do you think now would be a great opportunity to introduce one or both of them? Right. And so there's a, there's a whole system for this. I'm kind of giving like a little bit of a hint on what we do in priming as well, mm-hmm. but it may, it makes for a really powerful referral request. Um, one of the biggest things that people hear is can't think of anybody right now, but if I do, I'll send them to you and then nothing happens. And of a big course, of course. Is, yeah. A big reason for that is because we've never actually um, engaged the client and made them think about who good referrals might be. And so, you know, we can do that during priming. And then during the timing pillar, we can actually ask for the introductions to those people. And the third one of the pillars would be reminding them, right? Yep. Reminding. And reminding is how do we consistently keep your clients engaged and referring you even after the first time? right? Even after they've left your ecosystem, but do it in a way again, that doesn't feel gross, right? Lots of times you'll see that text message or that email that comes out that says, Hey, don't forget if you have somebody that you think would be a great fit, send them to us. Um, and we do it a lot differently, right? So we typically will do it on the back end of like uh, philanthropic type campaigns, right? So, um, maybe we're doing like a breast cancer awareness month and we're letting our clients know, Hey, we're, we're wanting to, raise X amount of dollars with our current past clients for this thing, you know, you can feel free to contribute financially, or if you make an introduction uh, to somebody who you think might be a good fit for this, we'll match, you know, what that financial contribution would be. Right. And so we're promoting the charity. The referral program is just one of the mechanisms through which they can participate in that. And so it's a reminder of the referral program, but it's not actually coming out and technically asking for a referral. Right. So there's lots of little ways that you can remind your clients and reset that reticular activating system without making it all about the referral program. Cool. Cool. So that's some great info on the on the uh, referral programs that you work with, that you that you're implementing. Um, you make it sound that there is some manual work involved, but obviously this is also integrated into someone's Martech stack. So um, are the referral programs that you mentioned also, let's say, communicating or integrated into a CRM system or how does this work on large scale? Yeah, so we can automate 90% of this process. Um, you know, there, there's going to be one or two things that we may not want to automate typically because referrals are still relationship based, right? Mm-hmm. So if we automate everything, it starts to uh, water down that element. However. Um, the only things that I probably wouldn't, uh, automate would be introducing the referral program during your onboarding call, right. Or during a welcome call or process, uh, and probably making that first referral request would, those would be the only two things that we, I wouldn't suggest automating. Everything else can be automated into simple SMS and email workflows, uh, which we help our clients do. 
and cool. it can be inside any CRM, you know, full suite CRM that you want to use. Love it. So, um, should people want to know more about how to set up a, a working referral program, um, they probably will be able to reach out to you. So, what I'll do is I'll share your LinkedIn profile in the show notes, as well as a link to Referral Waves website. So they can reach out to you. Just mention that you've uh, learned about Chad on the Marketing Technology Podcast, so he knows where this comes from. Um, and with that, I would like to thank you very much, Chad, for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast. Yeah, one more thing I might do for your listeners as well is I'm going to give them, I've got like an 18-page framework on the priming mm-hmm. time finding, uh, pillar that has a lot of implementable uh, things that they can use right away. I'll give you the link to that so that you're anybody that goes to the show notes, um, they can download that as well, right? Absolutely. And if they want to have a conversation about that, there's an opportunity there to reach out to us, but at least it's something of value they can walk away with as well to start taking some quick action. I'll make sure that is in the show notes. So with that, uh, thank you very much, Jan. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.